Today in Business from Wired. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Business from Wired. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from TD Ameritrade. TD Ameritrade's learning experience is curated from their vast library of exclusive content and customizes to fit your investing goals and interests. Get started at tdameritrade.com education. Facebook tweaked its rules, but you can still target voters. Political strategists say they combine information from multiple databases to identify the people they want to vote and not vote. By Sidney Fussell. Facebook said on Wednesday it will temporarily suspend political advertising after Election Day, November 3rd. It's the latest in a series of moves by the social media giant to limit the manipulation that marked the 2016 presidential campaign. But researchers and political strategists say campaigns can still use Facebook to target the voters that they do and don't want to vote. The UK's Channel 4 last month reported that President Trump's 2016 campaign Use data from Cambridge Analytica and other sources to identify black voters who they thought could be dissuaded from voting. To do that, the campaign identified groups of users as black, as voters, as living in swing states, and finally, as persuadable. They flooded their Facebook feeds with negative ads. Facebook's complex advertising system is able to synthesize data from different sources to identify these traits in users and direct targeted messages at them. I've been in the political advertising space now for almost 10 years, said Andy Amsler, director of paid media for the marketing firm Precision Strategies. When I entered it, I could take a list out of the voter file that I've created of any community of voters I wanted, put it into Facebook, and target it, and I could do the exact same thing today. Voter data is public in many states. Campaigns can combine the data with other information Facebook has on its users, their shopping habits and favorite activities, for example. Together, the data may offer a sense of someone's political leanings, their race, or even whether they can be persuaded to vote for a specific candidate. Or, as was the case in 2016, not vote at all. Political campaigns use data much as marketers peddle soap or beer. 
It's about using a combination of data points that allow campaigns to make pretty smart assumptions, says Jenna Golden, the former head of political ad sales for Twitter. If someone joined a Facebook group that cares about the environment, do I know for sure that the person's an environmentalist? No, but it's a sign. On Friday, Twitter announced steps to limit the spread of information and misinformation on its service ahead of the election. Ampler says Facebook's changes since 2016 have improved transparency. Campaigns must verify themselves before being granted access to the political advertising platform. They must have a physical address in the U.S. so the company can mail them a postcard for verification. Facebook also requires social security numbers for key players and an ID from the Federal Election Commission to confirm a connection to a registered campaign. But once organizations are granted access to the advertising platform, the restrictions around targeting are easy to bypass. Earlier this year, Facebook eliminated race as an option for advertising. It hasn't stopped much. Campaigns aren't checking a box that allows them to only reach a particular race, Golden explains. But that doesn't mean that they're not sophisticated enough to figure out how to target that population on that platform. Golden says it's still possible to use proxies to target ethnic groups. Consider the tactic of using heavy Telemundo watchers to target Latinx communities. There's an entire ecosystem of companies that compile then sell ready-made lists of audiences. Campaigns upload voter lists to Facebook, then combine them with other data sources to identify similar users on the social network. This is done by algorithm. Campaigns are only told what percent of any uploaded file matches with users though the matched users are never identified. For example, a campaign may want to send ads to Hispanic mothers who are registered Republicans. Voter profiles provide information on party affiliation, while Facebook would know that a user is, say, shopping for strollers or liked the page of their local elementary school. Smart TV data showing the person watches Telemundo could indicate they're a Spanish speaker and, by proxy, Latinx. By combining these signals, it's possible to find and target the people. They've removed specific multicultural targeting, but you can still target based on whether someone's keyboard is set to Spanish. Amsler offers an example. Facebook's just as likely to know a user as a parent of a young child, he says. From there, third-party data providers have lists of users who are Telemundo viewers or live in a predominantly Latinx community. You cobble together a quick set of interests and you've got your audience. And they're very easy to market to at Hatpoint. Certainly, there will be many non-Latinx people who have their keyboards set to Spanish or live in a certain neighborhood, but at Facebook's massive scale, this still potentially means targeting hundreds of thousands of users with fine-tuned messages. Facebook did not respond to a request for comment. One key factor, whether people voted in past elections. The best predictor of future action is past behavior, says Eric Wilson, a Republican digital strategist. So if you voted in the last election, you're very likely to vote in this election. That information is publicly available in many states. Beyond targeting people, campaigns also must persuade them to act or not act. Wilson says the key is repetition. There is not an individual moment where you see the light and you change your mind politically, he says. It's the slowly compounding effect of multiple messages, particularly during this get-out-the-vote phase of the campaign. You need multiple nudges to make sure that users know when to vote, how to vote, where to vote. But just as this system can inform people, targeted repetition can overwhelm them. This was part of the 2016 strategy to suppress votes. We simply don't have attention for everything that we see, says Morton Bay, research fellow at the Center for the Digital Future and a professor at USC Annenberg. If I was being micro-targeted, I would only see ads that fit my profile, 
he says. But that would probably also mean that I wouldn't have a lot of attention left for ads that don't. Faced with mounting criticism and the problem of using proxies to create loopholes, Facebook decided to ban political ads, but only after the election. Academics say it's a first step. I think this is the right move, and it was about time, says Sandra Wachter, senior research fellow at the Oxford Internet Institute. As Wachter argues, the problem isn't simply the potential for bias, but the platform's ability to leverage innocuous actions, liking a post, joining a group, adding new friends, to infer intimate details like political leaning, race, or sexuality. Even after Facebook removed the ability to more directly target by race, it remains simple to bypass because of these inferences. Wachter has proposed creating a legal right to reasonable inference, building on the data protection rights established in Europe's GDPR legislation. The proposal would empower users to be notified when their data is used for certain high-risk inferences. Once notified, they would have the opportunity to correct, object, or even delete them. As she argues, simply blocking one or two attributes will always leave open easily exploitable loopholes. Everything we do, who we are, and our friends and family reflect intimate aspects of our life. Wachter adds, you can't really see one without the other. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com business. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.